Welcome back to another episode of J Crypto. Today I'm here joined with ADAO. Now we have Tom and Riley from ADAO. Guys, thank you so much for coming to the show, first and foremost. Yeah, man. Thank you. I, uh, it's fun to, you know, it's nice to see so much interest in what we're doing because that, that's the only way uh, we've been able to do it, right? Um, you know, interest and input from other people, other organizations building on Cardano. And I so, think yeah, I'm excited. I think that the word DAO right now, like anytime that somebody's working on one, people are very curious because it's it's pretty ambiguous. It can uh, there's a lot of models, and we'll get into why that's relevant to you guys later on. But there's a lot of different types of DAOs. DAOs can become a lot of different things. It's almost like the word NFT. It's almost like the word the internet. And uh, I think people are just naturally curious and drawn to people like yourselves who are building something with the word DAO because they want to figure out what the heck is going on with this stuff. Yeah, I mean, I think that almost a better analogy than the internet would be um, companies or, or organizations, right? Um, a DAO is just a, an organization that is uh, leveraging certain technologies to operate. And so um, it is super ambiguous. Like you could be a DAO for any purpose and um, being a DAO isn't necessarily a, a good thing, but I, I think that it's just um, the most effective way to, to manage an organization that spans the globe uh, without having to go and uh, necessarily register or, um, or have anything that's uh, more formal, right? We're able to, to really easily use the blockchain as a way to manage ourselves. It's really funny. And I'm going to ask what ADAO is in a second here. But if you go, I think I have 380 videos on my channel right now. And if you go all the way back to, I think the first like 50, I was talking about DAOs in, in real life. So like if a coffee shop were to become a DAO, what would that even look like, right? And I remember just thinking about it and just spewing out my thoughts. And at that point, my channel was really small and it was really fun to talk about it because it was, it was just so interesting to think like that next evolution. Yeah, I mean, I think that uh, it'll go further than that too. I think that um, long-term we can have our infrastructure managed by DAOs. And I, I do mean infrastructures and like the roads that you drive on and, and everything else. Um, I think that it's really important that we start moving over to uh, to funding these public goods that aren't related to blockchains using blockchains. Um, I think that just the, the transparency and um, auditability that's available allows us to do things that would otherwise be corrupted. Um, and, and we see corruption in, in our day-to-day -day lives because we don't have that auditability and, and transparency in our systems. So... Right before we ask what ADAO is, and you guys can give the overview, Tom and Riley, what are your roles within ADAO? Just to give context to the audience. Hard to define, I guess. I mean, we can, we can call Riley <laughs> uh, the lead backend developer, right? The lead Plutus dev. Um, his role is probably a little more easy to define. Um, but, you know, without having that, hierarchical structure um sometimes these definitions don't suit DAOs very well um you know i've heard people call me a founder um really in the beginning i was just a guy with an idea um you know and not just me right um you know this year <clears throat> um last year now the end of last year with gogan um you know, and leading up to that, there was a lot of discussion um, <clears throat> around what we can do now, um, you know, on Cardano. Um, and that's really where it started, just conversations with people about, you know, how DAOs are going to operate on Cardano. Um, <clears throat> and, you know, where that process is going to begin. Um, so that's really how it started. It's just a lot of conversations within the community. Um, so I was the one who created the Discord, um, but from there it's just evolved massively um, and it runs pretty well without me around. Um, so yeah, it's hard to put a definition on my role, um, but I guess an organizer, right? I help 
um, organize a lot of the meetings and working groups um, and just, you know, help organize a lot of the discussions that are uh, taking place in those working groups and meetings. Help cool. to onboard new members, <clears throat> right? With the DAO, it could be a little intimidating sometimes um, being a new member, especially with DAOs being so new on Cardano. So trying to help with that, make people feel comfortable, um, you know, onboarding into the DAO and, and kind of easing that, that pipeline going from, you know, just interested in what is a DAO or what is a DAO um, to actually um, contributing to that and becoming a member. Yeah, I would also add TCT. It seems like you are, you know, you have a pretty big, at least the way I see it, social presence on Twitter spaces. And it seems like you're really penetrating the community and getting out there as well. Yeah, I appreciate it. Yeah, I, I will um, babble about DAOs as long as people will let me. So. That's great. No, that's why we had you guys on. So I'm excited to do that. So let's let's define this. I'm gonna I'm gonna challenge you guys. Uh, can you explain a DAO in 30 seconds or less, and then we can obviously dive into it deeper just to give more context. Do you want me to do that, or you want to do that, Tom? Yeah, you can take this one. Yeah, so the way I think of it is ADAO is a, a decentralized funding mechanism for further open source contribution within the Cardano ecosystem to make it an attractive place for DAOs and other organizations to convene. Um, and, and so we've, uh, we've definitely had a, a sort of winding path to, to get to where I feel comfortable with that definition, but that's, that's what I would describe it as. Yeah, that's interesting. Okay. So uh, TCT, do you want to add anything to that? Um, I mean, I think we kind of consolidated down um, into three major points, right? Um, the mission of ADAO is really to share knowledge about DAOs in general and how to use them effectively. Um, you know, in doing so, develop tools um, for not just DAOs, but any type of decentralized coordination um, or governance um, on Cardano. And, and really, you know, just offer support, right? Technical support, organiz organizational support, um, and even financial support for DAOs and user-owned protocols. Interesting. So let's dig into the concept um, of kind of being like a, a DAO to help and support DAOs a little more, because that's very interesting to me. And, you know, Mike from Nuclear Stake, who kind of brought us together uh, in a way, so shout out to him. Uh, he was on a space with me the other day and we were talking about ADAO and he was saying, yeah, I look at ADAO as like the mother DAO, like the mother ship for like aliens. He, he said like the mother DAO. And I, th I, I hope that that, that uh, I kind of like that because I was getting to know you guys, I thought that that was a good way to relate it to, you know, consumers. Um, essentially, how is ADAO going to start or, I guess, support newer DAOs in the future? Um, just to sort of speak to that a little bit, like, we've already started to, to reach out to other DAOs that are budding in the community and maybe don't have some of the technical expertise needed to uh, deploy smart contracts on Cardano or to um, get themselves set up. And even if they do have that technical expertise, they may have other things that they're more focused on. Um, for example, there's a uh, decentralized exchange that would like to become a DAO shortly after launching. And they don't have necessarily the bandwidth to be focusing on some of the governance topics because they are working on mm. the, the technical issues of, of being a DEX, right? And so um, just kind of coordinating with these other entities within the Cardano ecosystem and, and helping them where we can, both with uh, code, um, but then also with just potentially advice is where we're at right now. And like uh, TCT had said, I think that in the future, that'll also potentially be a monetary funding for um, starting up DAOs, uh, especially the ones that need initial liquidity, you know? That's interesting. Will this a DAO be an investable asset for consumers? That's what um, I'm not. 
Okay. Yeah, you might be able to purchase it off the market, right? So I'm sure that someone will end up adding liquidity to Sunday Swap or something, and you'll be able to go buy up our governance tokens. But the uh, only way to actually make any profit from from the system that Ada was putting into place is by contributing um, and therefore earning from bounties. So we're setting up a bounty system uh, where basically money is funded to the bounty uh, from the treasury. And then when someone completes that bounty, uh, governance token holders are able to va uh, validate that that bounty has been completed and uh, release funds to the individual who completed it. And this will be like, if somebody wants to make a certain piece of code, they can set a bounty and then somebody will make that piece of code. And then that person that made the piece of code gets the, the ADAO tokens. Is that kind of how it works? or maybe even ADA tokens or Hosky tokens or an NFT, uh, whatever the value is that ah. was agreed upon um, with that bounty. So the bounty could be instantiated with whatever value. And will that, that value that's gonna be given out to the person who you know is the bounty hunter in this example, brings in the criminal, um, will that be held by a treasury in ADA or will that be given by whoever sets the bounty? So another DAO that maybe needs the piece of code? So um, the bounty code is gonna be open source. So anyone can come in and leverage that to create their own bounties. But what we're thinking is specifically uh, funding from the ADAO treasury uh, so that we can do open source work for ADAO, right? Like we wanna, we wanna continue to fund open source work. And so it's kind of just this, uh, this circular process, but definitely if other organizations have bounties, they can um, fund it however they want and, and make their own bounties. That's really cool. So how do you guys see that treasury first starting? Like, is that liquidity going to be coming from um, self-funded? Is it going to be coming from Catalyst? Is it going to be coming from investors into the governance token? Um, right now, we have two ways. We're not looking at selling our governance token as of right now. It's something that uh, I think the DAO will have the opportunity to do if they choose to uh, in the future. It's just right now, the core contributors have not uh, decided to do that. It's something we don't want to do this early. Um, but what we do have um, is a catalyst proposal with Fund 7. Uh, so we're looking to, to add all of that money to the treasury, assuming that we get funded. Um, and then additionally, uh, we're starting to, to put up some protocols such as like an escrow, um, an escrow site, which is just pretty simple uh, system so that people can uh, pay a small fee to the treasury that way. And additionally, we'll have a donation page so people can donate to the treasury if they choose to. So in that way, we will be self-funded. Um, I'll be donating to the treasury for sure. And I, I think that there's lots of people that will be doing it. So do you think that those donations will be the main source of uh, revenue going back into the treasury? Because I could just see like if all these, if, you, if there's a bunch of bounties or just to finish the point, because I'm sure that you have other things as well, but it's with this treasury, that's like the most important piece of the way I view it, because that's what's going to really incentivize people to create, uh, to solve these bounties. So if that treasury ever runs out, that's kind of a tough crux. So like, what other things do you think can fuel that treasury besides, or do you think that that's enough too? Like, that's fine if it is the donations and the catalyst proposals. Well, like I said, we're also spinning up these other protocols, right? So like this escrow protocol, if you want to go uh, sell something to somebody you met on Discord uh, using an escrow protocol, you're going to pay the ADA treasury a couple of ADA every time that you do that. And it's not a huge fine or fee, I should say, but it is definitely something that we can collect on. And if we instantiate a bunch of these protocols and work in small fees around our infrastructure that we're building with people and for people, um, it allows us to, to be in a position where people are paying us because they want to. Uh, again, the code is all open source. So someone could change the code and not be paying us, but I'm under the impression that the community wants to continue to fund uh, open source code in a fair way. Um, and everyone that I've talked to so far seems enthusiastic about being able to provide those small fees, right? They don't seem like it's a burden to them. They seem like it's something they want to do because they know where that money is going. Especially if you're delivering value by creating that kind of discord escrow man and, and and if you guys have the development capabilities to keep creating protocols like that that can generate those fees like a marketplace i could see how that could like branch out and now you have like a bunch of sources of passive income um of course so is that and not even just the plan? Yeah, yeah yeah and not even just a simple escrow protocols right um right now a lot of hype is around these uh rebasing protocols 
Um, mm, yeah. So really the sky's the limit when we think about um, different protocols that can be developed to, um, you know, get that income for the ADAO treasury. So provide you, value yeah. and in return, build the ADAO treasury. So are you referring to like Olympus DAO and Klima and rebasing tokens like like those, like those formats? Yeah, that's uh there's been a lot of interest around those protocols lately. So are you saying that ADAO could almost create similar protocols on Cardano that would almost fund their own treasury? 100 percent Ah, okay. Yeah, that's cool. Um, okay, so just real quick, I want to shift gears back to something that Riley said because I thought it was interesting. With um, with these protocols like a Dex that maybe want to, wants to become a DAO, right? Like I see that as a beautiful exit strategy, and I'm sure a lot of uh, Dex founders, you know, are probably stressed when they're just when they don't have that kind of potential exit strategy where it becomes community owned. And I think that will I think that's really great. Um, one thing I was curious though is like for for me. I don't know. Like, do you guys think that we've really found successful governance blueprints yet? Because to me, it seems like there's, there's still experimenting, like things are still experimenting because it's like, we've only, even if things are around for a year, we still need to, or two years or three years, like it, to see it go for a, a successful blueprint to go for maybe five years or 10 years. I feel like that's when we have more assurance. What do you guys think? Just curious. I mean, my personal opinion is that with regards to governance topics, like if you go look at other chains, you can see that they've had a lot of the conversations around the, like the principalistic standpoints and the philosophies. So we can, um, I think, extrapolate and, and say that the, the conversations are already being had and have been had, uh, but the implementation is definitely going to take some time. Um, so something that we are only starting with right now in Cardano is uh, decentralized identity, right? And you do need some sort of identity in order to have quadratic voting because otherwise there's like, you open up a bunch of attack vectors because if there's this system and there's no identity, then I can just go make a hundred wallets and automatically my power has gone way up with regards to voting, right? Um, another thing that we've talked about is like the, the ability to delegate your voting power to another individual within the system. Um, and so there's there's a lot of like those types of things where we definitely uh, need to iron out implementation de uh, details within the EUTXO model. But again, that's kind of what we're looking to do is set standards um, across the board. And so we're talking right now um, with a whole cohort of, uh, of organizations that would like to be um, following these, these standards and help set those standards. So uh, I'm not sure if it's going to be the Cardano DAO Alliance or the UTXO DAO Alliance, but we are definitely looking at uh, helping instantiate this this sort of group that can uh, that can drive standards forward um, across ecosystems. Yep, <clears throat> and across ecosystems, right? Not just um, you know, obviously the main focus is Cardano and UTXO, um, but we've even been in talks with uh, groups from other blockchains, right, that are <clears throat> doing the same thing, right, helping to document this research properly um, and set these standards. So with one thing that's interesting, and I wanted to uh, talk later on about the DeFi Alliance and just um, kind of have, while, while I have you guys up here, maybe you guys can help educate the audience too on some things that they're doing. Because it's, I think these alliances, the DeFi alliance kind of came first. And now you have people talking about the NFT guild and, and what you guys are kind of doing is creating standards too. So we can talk about why that's important. But one thing I wanted to say as well, and Riley, you talked about this. So one of the uh, governance models that I've kind of heard about and been thinking about is with DIDs, you can have one person like identify themselves and then they just have a vote. And that's different kind of than with how we're doing, you know, voting on Project Catalyst or with ADA because it's kind of correlated to how much ADA you have uh, right now. So do you guys think like, just curious on your opinions on this, do you think that the, if 
if I, if we each just had one vote, would that be a, would that be healthy for for Dallas or or do you th- like how do you see that playing out? Because I know that that's an option. I know that we're work like we need to develop more on the dids, but do you actually foresee that as healthy, or do you see any potential problems with that um, that we can kind of think about in advance? Personally, I think it's highly dependent upon the the type of organization that's being built and what you're trying to curate. So. Um, there are a lot of contexts where voting actually shouldn't occur most of the time, right? There are there are types of DAOs where um, assuming that everything is going well, you don't vote. Uh, and so you not voting is actually you saying, I think everything's going okay. And then you voting is like something's going wrong. Um, so I think that there's just like, there's so much room for interpretation for, for these uh, methodologies, but I definitely think that that is a valid one. I don't think it's... Um, I don't think it's going to be effective in, in a lot of cases, but I do think that it's going to be really effective in others where uh, reputation takes less of a play, right? So in a system where you um, where you might say uh, somebody has a lot more familiarity and you could trust their opinion a little bit more than someone who's newer, you don't want to have that type of model. But if you're dealing with a system where you're trying to grow to the billions, like you also don't want to be uh, having disparity between the, the top and the, the bottom with regards to voting power, right? So it's yeah, I think that it's a valid uh, a valid way to go, especially when you look at like the United States. We we vote for our president. Um, not it's not directly uh, a vote of like one to one for for people, but it it is at the mm. state level, right? So, um, I mean, again, there's there's lots of ways you can set things up. TC, do you do you want to add anything on that? Uh, no, that was pretty perfect. Yeah, I would just stress again that yeah, with with so many different um models and frameworks and intentions um i think we're going to see um that along with many other different um frameworks be developed for sure so why i used to talk about a coffee shop is because i like have a local coffee shop and it's it's great like i just love this one coffee shop i love the the founders there but it's interesting because what I was thinking about the power of a real world DAO would be actually micro communal investment. So if I'm going and spending, you know, I don't know, this is just an Americano, but some people get like a $7 latte and that's great. But if I'm spending a seven, $7 on a latte uh, every single day into a business, and then there was some way for me to also have equity in that same business. And it was in my community. I could see why that would be able to create wealth, even for the middle and lower class here in America, you know, not just third world countries, but just right here, because we're so uh, consumer centric and an emphasis on owning assets. It's just not, you know, we might get a gift card or points for Starbucks, but I wouldn't call that a real like asset. So then you also have, you know, the potential of if there's a coffee shop, And they have this beautiful muffin, right? That everyone in the community loves, but it's seasonal. Now you can vote to actually keep that on the menu. And you're invested into the coffee shop. So you're actually going to want to see the better menu items there. So the coffee shop does does better as well. Whether you own a token that is, is like equity into the coffee shop or even an NFT that maybe gets some royalty some royalties or something from every single transaction. Um, what do you think are the barriers to seeing a real world application and how, how possible is that to see? Cause I would be stoked to just be able to invest in almost everything that I buy. Um, and what's the time frame on that? Yeah. I think that when it comes to just having a, a DAO that's operating within the real world, for example, as a coffee shop, um, you could probably start setting up a system like that today if you if you put the effort behind it yourself, right? Um, I don't know of any people doing that, but I think it's possible um, within certain jurisdictions is the sort of uh, highlighted thing there because um, there's, there's definitely jurisdictions where you wouldn't be able to do that. And there's jurisdictions where I think you can now, um, but it would still be pretty high friction because obviously you wouldn't be... Uh, you wouldn't be transacting with cash, but I think that in the United States, you technically as a business uh, can't refuse the US dollar um, 
like you can't refuse cash. So I don't know exactly how that would work, right? There'd be there'd be some interesting uh, dynamics at play, but I think that you could do it. I think it's just a, a matter of having the right attorney involved and uh, and uh, putting the the work behind both the code and the and the brick and mortar aspects, right? Because there's there's a lot more going on there than just software. Uh, TCT, do you want to add anything? No, I think like Riley said, I think. Uh, Yes, definitely possible. I think we will even see it in the future. Um, but as to a timeline, who knows, right? Um, I would, I would hope we would see it within five years. But uh, oh, I'm a wow. wishful really? thinker. That would be sick. Yeah, I was thinking like ten to fifteen would be like probably a safer bet. Yeah. But just think of how many benefits. Like you, maybe you could get some type of, you know. Uh, a $10,000 NFT and now you get a free coffee every day and maybe you have royalty distributions too, but the coffee shop gets the $10,000 up front and then you can rent out your NFT if you want to, if you're not using the coffee shop, like there's just so many like opportunities within that. Anything, anything you guys think of that? Like that's what just gets I, me excited yeah, I mean, about crypto and DAOs, you know, it's cool I was stuff. Just thinking. Yeah. Uh, when you said that, it's like uh, I know there's a lot of people talking about NFT staking, and you could even set it up so you that you've got like this ten thousand dollar NFT and you sell it. But then, in order to actually claim that free cup of coffee, yeah, it has to be staked. Ooh. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But, I mean, exactly. Just, yeah. And you could even buy the NFT with the underlying coffee coin or token, so it's not yeah. even just like you know, uh, which would also support their token and. If you own maybe 500 or 1,000 of their tokens and each one's a dollar, maybe you can just also get a free cup of coffee once a week. You know, maybe it's not the $10,000. But there's just a lot of different stuff that you can do with this stuff. So it's, it's like when people look at DAOs or people first hear them, I, I always think this is just an infrastructure that's being built right now with these, these DAPs. But this is going to go into the real world. And you guys are kind of affirming that. It's just going to take a bit. Yeah, again, on my end, at least, I think that the biggest, uh, the biggest, uh, biggest barrier is legislation. It's, it's the jurisdiction you're in. I mean, like, if you want to do this in some areas, you're going to have uh, the politicians really raining down on your parade. 100%. Yeah. So that's pretty much it. And, and also going back to standardization. So we see that the DeFi um, alliance and I had the honor. I think you got. I think you were in it TCT for a bit to chat with Pi a little bit um, on Subcritical's DeFi real world space. Maybe Riley, you were there too. I I just forget your Twitter name, um, but <laughs> I'm sure I'll remember it later on. Um, and uh, yeah, you know what? Any so can you kind of can you guys kind of educate maybe the audience too on like what the DeFi alliance is doing, why it's important, and then maybe why it's important for DAOs too, because I feel like you guys are both the DeFi Alliance and what you guys are trying to do revolves around this standardization concept. So any education would be super appreciated. You want to talk about that, Tom, or do you want me? Yeah, go ahead and I'll try to add on to it. Okay. Um, yeah, so like with the, the Cardano DeFi Alliance, they are, uh, they're doing a lot of standards within um, like different... Uh, design patterns for for Plutus programming, um, and then additionally, uh, they're they're working towards making sure that um, obviously they're all uh, sort of setting the same um, usability standards. But within the the DAO um, alliance, it's definitely something that uh, I think is going to be focused around um, making sure that there's enough models available, right? It's not necessarily going to just be about um, having it, we're, we're not just looking at identifying design patterns, I guess is what I mean to say. Um, we're, we're looking at trying to expand these um, design patterns for as many different use cases as possible so that there really can be a, a flourishing ecosystem of DAOs um, within the Cardano community. Yeah, <clears throat> well said, well said. You know, it's interesting when you say the word models uh, opposed to design patterns, like, do you think that the amount of models is infinite? 
Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, you guys, because I mean, you could change. Cut out for you, yeah. Uh, <laughs> you could change one thing, and and that's a different model, right? So I mean, it just depends on how you look at it. But I I do think that the the biggest thing for us is like we want to provide what people want, and so with uh with Ratsdow, they've been in uh in talks with us, right? And they currently their treasury is um not managed in a decentralized way but that's that's okay because i i feel like um as long as we're able to move them over to a system that's decentralized quickly enough it's uh i, I don't have to worry about whether or not i trust them personally right and so i got in on that and i, I thought that was an interesting project and, and we're helping them out um but i guess what i'm saying is that when it comes to the the priorities that we have for implementation it's all based on uh who we're talking to so if a DAO comes to us and they're like hey we really want to have this on chain um that's what we're going to be looking at building as opposed to something that may only be uh, of interest of six months or a year down the road right hmm. so adao you guys are kind of like this incubator of not only i mean most of these bounties though they're not going to be they're not going to be similar to past bounties. Like once you have a bounty, once you solve a problem, it's out there. So that's going to be open source from then on. So you're kind of going to have bounties for brand new creative concepts. Is that fair? That then, yeah. as well as a lot of, um, you know, other things that are uh, ongoing, right? Just, um, I mean, DAOs need everything, right? We need writers. Um, people to publish articles, um, people to keep the website updated. Um, so everything, when we talk about bounties, um, you know, we're not just talking about code or software. Um, we're talking about everything. So. Wow. hundred percent. Yeah. I was just going to say the same exact sentiment. Um, we need like, I think longer term, we're going to be doing hopefully uh, community events like in person. I, I don't know how long this pandemic thing is going to rage on. Some people think it's going to be forever, but if we can, I'd like to get some in-person events going. And like we have to have uh, we have to have people organizing that, right? So that would probably be a bounty system uh, thing as well. We can instantiate that from the treasury. So M Labs is like I look at them as like this dealer of Plutus devs, so to speak, and they're you know they supply the, the development. You guys are kind of like, that's so interesting. So you guys are going to be like, are, so, but you probably won't have the personnel in house, right? So if there's a bounty for some kind of marketing or blog or something of that nature, it's going to be on your platform, but it might not mean that a writer's in house, maybe someone in your community is able to, you know, solve that bounty but it doesn't necessarily mean that like you're going to need to scale your own team. Is that correct? Yeah. And I think that there will probably be bounties that will have um, like assigned uh, recipients to do the work. Um, and then there will be like open bounties that are, that are less structured in that regard. Um, for example, if we're doing a community event, we don't want to, um, we, we don't want to have 10 people trying to put on a community event and then claiming a bounty for it. Like that's, not how that would want to, uh, that's not how we want that to go down. Um, so it needs to be more organized than that. But yeah, um, especially when it comes to these types of bounties that have all of the, the specifications laid out for them, like if it's a, a code module, for example, like we've got all of the, the information laid out on what needs to be written and the specifications for it, uh, even someone from MLabs could come and do it in their free time if they wanted to, right? And there's nothing wrong with that. Um, so I think that's the, the big thing is that these are uh, pretty open for the most part. Yeah. Hmm. Wow. M Labs so, is awesome, by the way. I mean, the the work they're doing with uh, with Plutarch and Pluto. Um, hmm. uh, yeah, it's they're basically making it so that you can write Plutus code, but it compiles to a much smaller program, um, and and so you can do like the same thing, but end up fitting way more smart contract transactions into the same block. Oh, really? That sounds, that sounds pretty interesting. Okay. Yeah. And that's definitely something where like the developers that are doing stuff in the ecosystem need to leverage that stuff. It's not just automatic, um, but it is, it is huge. And I think it is essential. Like I think anybody developing a large project in Cardano really should be developing using one of those, 
languages as opposed to just the more generic uh, Plutus TX language, because if you use um, the more generic one and, and you're not using this, uh, this more optimized um, language, you just end up kind of having huge transaction sizes, I guess is the, the best way to put it. And it's not huge in comparison to some other blockchains or, or anything like that, but it's just, um, we have a lot of constraints. We, we have a, a certain block size and we have a certain mempool size and um, in order to, to stay within our constraints and, and make sure that everything goes smooth. Like I know Liquid is rewriting their entire app using Plutarch. Oh, wow. Um, yeah, so it's definitely like, I think it's it's a very serious thing. Yeah, because that will help the network not get clogged if I understand you correctly. Jeez, that's so interesting. Huh, okay. So do you guys think that, uh, just on that note, just, just while we're talking to, and then I, I definitely want to ask uh, another follow-up question, both to TCT and, and yourself, Riley, but do you guys think that it's just right now, there's more tools that are of a higher quality or higher efficiency than there are people that choose to use them on Cardano? <laughs> because is, is that like, am I, am I getting that right or wrong? Yeah. I, well, I would, you know, define tools first because I would argue it's the opposite, right? Like these things are available natively on Cardano, but the, the tools, like the simple user interfaces, um, tutorials, um, to use them are not. On the consumer side? Correct. But on the development side, I guess I should have context that. So on the consumer side, that's how it is. On the developer side, do you think that there's an availability of tools to, but, but if there's, if the tools aren't there on the consumer side though, then does it even matter? Yeah. So here's, here's the way I look at this, right? Um, you could write up a, a smart contract in Plutus, as long as you know Haskell and you're familiar with like what template Haskell is um, and all of that, it's, it's definitely technical, but you can do it, right? It's, it's not hard. Um, and then everyone's like, oh, we need the PAV. Um, you don't really need the PAV uh, to be completely frank. What you, what you need is you need to have uh, a smart contract that's serialized. And so you get this, like, this long string of gobbledygook that's called a Seabor hex, right? And that's like the compiled version of your contract. Um, and so using that, you can actually um, run a command with what's called the Cardano CLI and generate an address for that contract. Um, and this process I, I kind of outlined in a tutorial on the 8-hour YouTube actually um, for how to deploy smart contracts on Cardano. Um, but it's it's like very non-user friendly. It's, it's something that you do need to be kind of technical to do in that way, right? Um, and so the, the front end side of things, um, you actually want to use what's called the Cardano serialization library from Emergo. And then Alessandro from Berrypool modified that library um, so that it can be used with smart contracts. So he has an open source repository uh, for the SpaceBuds marketplace. Um, and so there's a lot of people that are now using that to, to implement their front ends. Um, they use that as like an example, right? Um, how to load the the WebAssembly library and, and how to get everything going um, with that regard. So like jpg.store used that I was looking, yeah, and, they're, yep. they're an incredible interface. I, I think it's more like OpenSea almost than it is, I mean, cnft.io, it has a whole different thing from. So it's, I, I've been enjoying JPEG store recently because I was just cnft.io, just using that, you know, just getting the vanilla. But now I'm trying out other flavors and it's interesting to see that, yeah. Yeah, I mean, in short, I guess what I'm saying is it's, uh, there's no excuse. There is no excuse to not have <laughs> simple stuff up. Um, the, the big thing with these uh, larger dApps, such as like Liquid and Sunday Swap and like these, these big players, um, the reason that they're not up and, and doing stuff right now is they've got a lot more at stake for one and two, um, they, they've got like scaling to think about, right? So uh, with Liquid, they're rewriting in Plutarch and with Sunday Swap, they've been doing a lot of testing and and they, uh, I mean, even when they hit mainnet, it's going to be a load test for mainnet if you think about it, because they have no idea what's going to happen. Like 
we don't know what's going to happen. We know it's going to be, uh, or I'm, I'm under the impression it'll be smooth sailing. Like, I don't think it'll be a huge catastrophe or anything, but it could be uh, a very enlightening load test for the Cardano mainnet. Will Sunday swap, are they already using Plutarch or would that be something that they might be able to look into? Yeah, I'm not 100% sure, to be honest. Gotcha. Not sure. So let me ask you this, TCT. Like, you're you're kind of, I guess, the mm. you're, you hold the flag on, on ADAO from what I've seen, kind of, if that's fair. And what are, like, what are you most excited about for this, pro- like, project? Like, what got your juices going to actually involve yourself in this? And, like, what's the most important thing? just just to kind of dig into you a little bit yeah i mean to me um still the same as day one right i want to see uh DAOs proliferate on cardano i want to see um cardano be the go-to place for DAOs and user own protocols um so making that easy um the example earlier was rats DAO, right making it easy for these groups um to spin up a decentralized treasury uh, to come you know and to um, structure their governance the way that they want to um, is, is what I'm excited for okay that's my main my main goal yeah yeah it sounds like ADAL yeah when implemented successfully will be the kind of infrastructure to create ripple effects throughout the industry or Cardano and make, make DAO tooling and DAO um, standardization much more accessible to everyone, uh, which is great. One thing uh, to, to maybe kind of wrap, tor- wrap this up kind of and get, get closer to a close uh, and I'll open up before then to uh, just see if you guys think that we missed anything, but what exactly is next for ADAO and where are you guys at? Well, still very early, right? Um, A lot of focus um, is still on our own governance. Um, You know, we also intend to rewrite a lot of stuff in Plutarch um, and are currently working on that. Okay, yeah. Yep. And then, um, you know, internally, um, that along with um, the front end side of things, right? making it easy for ADAO members um, to visualize the treasury, um, to visualize proposals and bounties, um, to discuss and vote on these bounties and proposals. Um, So that's next step or current step. Um, And then, you know, from there, um, you know, what I love about it is it's not really up to just me, right? Um, it's up to DAO. We have a ton of resources now, a ton of uh, just extremely talented um, developers uh, at all ends of the spectrum. So, um, so yeah, just seeing where it goes from there, really. Hmm, interesting. Yeah, it's one thing to tell other projects to eat their vegetables with Plutarch, but it's another thing to do it yourselves. And that's awesome. So I was glad to hear that. One thing on the Plutarch I wanted to ask you guys too, while I got you, is with on-chain NFTs, you got such a small file size. Could Plutarch potentially make it, you know, could they? Could that help on-chain NFTs too or no? Um, probably not, uh, just because like you still, you're, you're going to end up going to the, the same constraints, right? Like you're not um, changing your constraints with Plutarch. The big thing is um, mm-hmm. Plutarch strips away a lot of the overhead of Plutus. So um, there's like all this overhead in Plutus that um, you have for, uh, the, the operational cost of your smart contract. And that's that's obviously compiled via, again, it's, it's this gobbledygook. And so the whole thing that Plutarch does is you can say the same thing in Plutarch as you just said in Plutus, but the gobbledygook ends up being much smaller. Yeah, okay, interesting. Very interesting. So Riley, I'll ask you the same question here as I asked TCT, man. Like what, what are you excited about? Why are you part of ADAO? Uh, yeah, I think it's a, a great opportunity um, is, is the big thing. Like back in November, um, got something started and, and we put it on chain and 
uh, we realized that no one else had started a DAO on Cardano. So I think ADAO is the first uh, DAO in Cardano, which is super oh, wow. cool, you know? And, yeah. and for me, that um, that just like really stoked my excitement and uh, I just wanted to keep pushing. So I, uh, I mean, for me, it's, it's definitely about um, being a part of something big. Uh, it's, it's not about um, monetary gain. It's about the fact that I'm, I'm passionate about the work, right? Like I, uh, right, right now my nine to five job, um, I'm kind of transitioning out of my nine to five job and I, uh, I write code for a living. Uh, but I, I do like DevOps and, and Java coding, um, on the back end, And, uh, I don't want to be doing a nine to five job. I don't want to be working, uh, for a large company. I, I'd like to be uh, working with a community, uh, not for a community, but with a community, you know, and I, that's how this feels. Like, I don't feel like I'm working for anybody, uh, when I'm doing stuff with ADAL, I feel like I'm doing stuff with ADAL and uh, it just, it feels different. It's exciting. And, and it's, uh, it feels like the place I'm supposed to be, I guess is the best way to put it. And he works a lot more than nine to five. Now. That's amazing. <laughs> All right, so the floor is your your guys's. Um, what else have we maybe missed? What else maybe would be just good to dig into? Final words, final last thoughts, final few minutes here. Yeah, if there's any viewers of J Crypto that want to be involved in a in a Cardano DAO, please um, follow us on Twitter. Hop into our Discord. We uh, we love to have discussions. We want new members. Um, if you can contribute from a, a graphic design or code perspective, that's awesome. But if not, like still feel free to join. Uh, we just want, we want the, the more the merrier, really. Yeah. Yeah. And what I'm excited for too, that I, I would uh, tell everybody to keep an eye out for um, or join the server um, and even get involved with it is uh, we haven't really put out a, uh, you know, an official introduction to ADAL article, right? How we, how we formed, um, what we've done, what we're doing, um, and what we intend to do. So um, I'm looking at it now. It looks like it's been pretty polished up um, and that should be out fairly soon. By that's tomorrow, if I have anything to do with it, so. That's amazing. I'll probably post this maybe before that, but I'll still put the link in as soon as it comes out, as well as your Twitters and, and things of that nature. So I guess there was one thing I just realized that I didn't get into, and I'm sure it will be covered in the article, but I also would like to ask you guys uh, and, and Tom too. So it seems like, you know, I've heard that you brought Mike into the organization. How did this all start? Like, I'm just super curious. Like, how did ADAO even start? Uh, I mean, same way it's going today, right? Just people interested in decentralized governance on Cardano. Um, and that's about it, really. Anyone can contribute. Um, I think a good way to break it down is, is there's, you know, three types of contribution, you could say. Um, you have governance token holders, right? Um, who, you know, hold that voting power right and decide the priorities of the DAO. Um, <clears throat> you have act, active contributors um, and that's that's the that's how you earn governance tokens right by fulfilling these bounties uh, and contributing to a DAO whether it be code or like I said articles editing so many different ways. Um, but then you have what I guess we've labeled community associates right. Um, and this is extremely important because the only way this works is if we get, if there's a way for all voices to be in the, in the discussion. Um, so that could be, you know, somebody who doesn't even hold governance tokens, but are engaged in participation, right? And engaged in the discussions on the Discord, on Twitter, on and any other forum. So that's really where it starts. Um, and then, yeah, it's up to the individual um, how much they want to contribute and be involved. Cool. Then, yeah, Riley, do you have anything to add? Yeah. Yeah, this is um, not directly related, but it is um, sort of, it, it follows um, 
for those of you that have heard of uh, drip drops, um, it's a way for you to get some tokens for being staked. Um, and I think that there's a pretty good chance that in one of the upcoming epochs, you'll see some ADAO tokens there. If you want to grab some uh, some ADAO tokens, probably not a whole lot, but there will uh, likely be some available through drip drops. Jeez. Okay. Final question. So if you guys were to die today, all right, we don't want you to, but if you were to die today and you got to speak to your family and friends and uh, we can go TCT and then Riley, Riley TCT, whoever wants to go first, but uh, what would you like the Cardano space to remember you guys by that we could kind of look at and be like, all right, that was a, that was a great like lesson that they kind of left behind. We're going to take that into the next hundred thousand years or whatever, you know, like we don't want you to die, but what is it? You want to take this one first, Riley? It's a hard one. Um, we asked the I mean, hard shit. questions here on the J Crypto show, Riley. It's if, all good. if I were to die today, I would want for the Cardano community to ensure that the ADAO identity NFT continued to be used for the updatability of our DAO. Such that, I mean, like in that way, the, there's an unbroken on-chain string uh, from when I published that smart contract using the identity NFT of the DAO um, up until any point in the future. Yeah, and for me, it's uh, the openness, right? It's just knowing that the work we've been doing, whether it's the code, um, you know, the discussions, all of this stuff is... Um, is out in the open, right? For everybody, it's not going to be lost. <clears throat> it's not hidden behind closed doors. Um, that's what's important to me, um, and and that's why, you know, this is my passion because it is done out in the open. Um, it doesn't exclude anyone from getting involved, and and that's uh, that's what I, you know, strive to continue to see with a DAO and with other DAOs and protocols on Cardano. Well, you guys are the warriors. You're on the front lines. And uh, uh, this YouTube will be, will live forever. So if by any chance that ever happens, we will all be, I will be devastated. I want to, I want to talk to you guys again on the channel, like many times about DAOs. And, and I want to be able to talk to you guys for the next 10 years about DAOs as DAOs, as we see more examples and as, as we can talk to you guys about some crazy DAO that pops up on Cardano that's taken everyone by storm and we can break it down and be like, why do you guys think this got so crazy, you know? But uh, this, this will be on the channel. So at least you'll know that that will live on regardless. Um, that's pretty much it. So thank you guys for coming. I'm going to pause the recording. Uh, J Crypto audience, if there's anybody that would be interested, go check out the links below in the description. And maybe check out ADA and and get get you know be part of it. Um, yeah, join the discussion. Join the discussion. That's a good way to say it. And J Crypto audience, thank you guys for listening as always to us talk about all these things. Uh, that's pretty much it. So that's J Crypto. That's Tom. That's Riley. We're out. Take care.